episode 002, How to Be a Confidence Man with Style. Hey everyone, it's Zan. And Greta. Yes, we're back for another fun episode of the Motion Picture Review. Yes, our replacement for the Spire can movie review where we talk about movies. We tell you the pros and cons about it, how the actors are, the plot was, and if it's worth investing your time in or not. These films are not new. Some of them are a little bit older, a little more classic. It's not like our Spark and Mini movie reviews where we talk about the newest films possible. These are ones that you may not think of. And how do we determine what these films are? Well, we use the greatest thing ever. That one. That only. The dodecahedron of movies. Yes, it is a dodecahedron of 12-sided dice. And we roll it and we see we're going to review the next episode of the Spark and Most Picture Review. But... We didn't do that last time because we had restarted and rebranded with a new film, a film called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which we both loved. And it's been a little bit of time. We've been trying to figure out how we're going to do this, and we thought we'd start off with something a little bit fun. We're actually going to start off with some films that are with ne'er-do-wells, some ones who are a little bit underneath. But beforehand, remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at what's the website? www.spirekin.com Yes, and you can also email us at sparkin at gmail.com, or me personally at zan, that's X-A-N, not Z-A-N, at sparkin.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Stitcher, Spotify, and several other social media sites. And if you want to play us on any of the games, we're on PSN Network. Now, I think that's all the little social things. Oh, yeah. If we're missing, run, let us know. Yes, and remember, we try to be enthusiastic, enlightening, entertaining, and most importantly, we try to be enthusiastic. Did I say enthusiastic already? I think you said enthusiastic! Yes, so let us start, shall we? So, as I said, we're going to start this off a little bit different. We're starting off with a film, which is, well, because we've been in a little bit of an interesting place. We've been watching a lot of films that are more, not where it's a protagonist, but more that you're following someone who's not... Some of the ne'er-do-wells. Someone who's not morally gray. Maybe someone a little more not lawful good. Maybe they're chaotic good. Maybe they're neutral. Maybe they're lawful evil. They have a code, but they do horrible things. Not horrible, but like little things. Like, example, we watched all the Ocean series. And they're not... They have a code, but they are doing real thing. They're scamming someone. Something like that. So, the film we're actually talking about is one that you might be interested in, it was uh, directed by a guy named Oz. Frank Oz. Mm-hmm. Now, some of you may know him. Well, all of us should know him. Uh, if maybe it's because of a film he did where he played this green guy who talks like this, he does. Yes. You know him as Yoda, you do. Yes. Or maybe we know him as the love interest of someone who is green. Uh, Miss Piggy who goes, Hi-ya! Or maybe... You know him from a, this this TV show, which was on Channel 13 for the last... Well, actually, they got rid of it. It's no longer on Channel 13, on PBS. It is now on HBO. But he played a, one of the greatest characters on that show. Well, the angry well the angry partner to a guy whose name was Ernie, or as I know him better, Om nom 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 nom. Yes, he's the voice actor for Cookie Monster. And he does a lot of comical films. He also did the Blues Brothers... He's in the Blues Brothers, and he's in a, he did the Death at a Funeral, the remake. Actually, no. He, anyway. He's done a lot of films. He's done a lot of films. Very cool guy. Produced by Bernard Williams and written by Dale Launer. And this film is actually a remake of an older film. The original film came out in 63, and it was starring David Niven, Marlon Brando, and Shirley Jones. And this Called remake, Bedtime Stories. 
And this remake is starring a lot of interesting people. You have Anton Rogers as Inspector Andre. You have Barbara Harris in it. You have Glenn Headley in it. And someone who I didn't even know was in the movie until I had second watching. Ian McDermott, the Emperor from Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Totally Evil makes sense. Emperor Palpatine is playing a butler. And it kind of makes sense when you think about it, because the first time he says a lie, he says, Welcome to hell to someone. You're like, oh. And the leads of this film are Michael Caine, the esteemed Michael Caine, who's done so many good films. He was in uh, the original Italian job. He's that Michael Caine, you know, the Caine mutiny, all that. And then it's starring the... Well, also, Michael Caine, if you didn't know him from that, he was the main dresser in Miss Congeniality. Yes. And the, our other actor is someone who actually is no longer allowed on SNL for reasons. We're talking about Steve Martin. Started his career as a... Uh, his One of his first jobs was in Disneyland as a magician. Worked at the magician shop. I didn't know that. I did. He also, fact. He also doesn't act really anymore. He, he actually just does his banjoing, which is he's a, par- a competitive banjoer. He's always loved the banjo. Which is really weird. He's good at it, though. He's very good at it. It's not weird. It's cool. Banjo's, well, I'm not going to get into a banjo competition, but yes, yeah, so the movie we're talking about is Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Part of the reason we want to talk about this is because there's that other movie that came out called The Hustle. Well, that's coming out soon. It's not yes. out yet. Oh, and we forgot this film did come out in 1988, a long time ago, and it made four, $42 million. But, yes. Dirty, rotten scoundrels. It's going to be remade into the hustle soon, but it's a film which is one that is so unique, it's crazy. So, if you had to describe this film, how would you describe it in one sentence? How would I describe it in one sentence? Dirty, rotten scoundrels. A high-class, chauvinistic con artist meets a low-class... And they develop a good partnership. That is good. I like that. That's a good explanation. I would say it is... Not my best explanation, but I went for it. It is two very different thieves competing in a bet. Because that's what the film is. It's about a bet. A very simple bet. Unlike with, we'll say, um, Trading Places, where the whole film is about a bet... For one dollar. This bet is a bet for location. You see, in the the very pleasant French Riviera in a town called... Uh, how do you pronounce it? Beaumont-sur-Mer. Yes, there is a gentleman named Lawrence Jameson who may be known as a prince. Sometimes he's known as a prince. And he talks to, to very wealthy women and he tells them... He needs money for his his compatriots. So he is a prince in hiding, no doubt. And his revolutionaries are fighting the better fight, and he's trying to win the war against this evil empire. And all of his money goes to finance that. And he just so happens to meet these beautiful, wealthy women who generously donate their jewelry and money to the great cause for this handsome, 
debonair prince. They're all kind of scummy people, let's be honest. They're women who have married men who are Some twice of their them age. Are. A lot of them are. Some of them are, yes. They're not. Their hearts are not in the best places. They're not... But So he cons them, and he gets their money, and he lives a very lavish lifestyle in Bons, Beaumont-sur-Mer. Beaumont-sur-Mer. And he hears tale of another con artist who is in the area, known as the Jackal. From America, no less. That's all he knows. And his assistant, who is the police inspector, says, Hey, we can look for this guy and I'll let you know if he's it. Because he, he has the police on his pay. He has the hotels on his pay. He makes money. Now... But he also spends money. He keeps the economy rolling. He does. He does. However, on a train trip... He meets a American guy named Freddie. Freddie Benson. A little loud. A little crass. Well, when he first meets him, he's sitting down in the dining car on this, this very nice train. And he asks for the menu. Sitting next to a very nice lady. And turns out the, it's too expensive. So, and she's like, well, you're not going to get into the eat? He's like, no, no, no. Because... Um, I'm saving all my money to send it to my grandma. She needs an operation. You know, I love my grandma so much. She's the most important person to me. She raised me. She cares about me. And she makes life so great. And I just want to make her happy. And I'm someone who... I work for the Red Cross. and so All my money goes back there. And yada, yada, yada. So she goes, Oh, that's so great. An operation for your grandmother? Garçon! And orders the guy over right away. Says, get this man whatever he wants to eat. And and if he was truly a good, humble man, he would have said, you know what, just give me a little sandwich or a little petite thing to eat. What does he order? A sandwich, lockwurst, two, no, three beers, three bags of potato chips, cheesecake, uh, a salad, souffle. Basically everything you can to eat. He eats well. And then she proceeds to also give him money, like... 400 francs, which is 20 bucks. And he's very happy with that. And it turns out that they're actually in the same car together. And he starts talking to Lawrence. And Freddy acts like he's the big guy on the mountain. And it turns out, no, Freddy is... The low man on the totem pole. But he doesn't know that yet. In fact, he's just sitting there bragging to... Um... Lawrence. Right, to Lawrence, Martin Kane, and, and really Michael just Kane. say, Michael Kane saying, you know, I bet you, you don't even know the joy that it, it has of getting a woman, the supposed weaker sex, to really give you money. Because for so many years, the weaker sex, that's a joke. They're not the weaker sex. You know, they're... Um, they live longer. <laughs> they live longer. It takes six men to... Carry a man to his grave as pallbearers, but it takes one woman to put him there. So this is his way of getting back at women, having women pay his way, getting them to buy him food and give him a little spending money. And he gets really kind of excited about that and tells Michael Caine, you don't even know the pleasure of having a woman pay for something like that. Meanwhile, Michael Caine thinks he's a, he's, he's a complete idiot, tries to trick him, some stuff happens, and... Eventually, Freddie finds out the truth about Michael Caine, about Lawrence, that Lawrence is a, is a confidence man as well. As uh, he finds out the truth about our dear prince. Yes. 
And as opposed to, well, after finding out this information, he confronts Lawrence and says, look, I don't want any of your money. I totally could blackmail you, and I think I am going to blackmail you. I just want to learn from you. And they end up having a partnership, which is, at the beginning, it's very lucrative. But Lawrence refuses to pay Freddy his money. He says, you know what? I don't trust you to to spend your money on what you want, so... I'm going to charge you tax. And out of that, you know, that's where you're, you're... What we do is enrich the world. We fund artisans. We buy beautiful bottles I think of he, wine. I think he did that too to scare off Freddy, to try to get him to run away. Well, yes, a little bit. But he was also saying, like, it's more than just surviving. It's our job as men to really kind of... In better the community, so you make it better, so you get more money and... Anyway, so Freddy is Freddy stays in the area, and it becomes a this this hill isn't big enough for the two of us, so they make a bet. The hunting ground, if you will. The bet is very simple. They pick a target, and the first one to get fifty thousand dollars out of the the beautiful woman that comes in wins, and the other leaves town. And they choose this girl named Janet Colgate, who is the soap queen of America, and so they. Do their own little methods. Now, Freddy, being the more crazy of the two, proceeds to pretend that he is crippled. And, you know, he needs to borrow money to get treatment from this very famous Dr. Emil Schaffhausen of Liechtenstein in order to, ha- to, to, to get the surgery or the, the treatment needed to better himself because he's saying it's psychosomatic, not physical. So basically, you have these two... Con artist. One that's learned from the other. Um, one that's just still on top of his game. And they're going after the same mark. And it's really who can get the money out of her first. Now, Lawrence, or Mark, Michael Caine's character, plays off of what Steve Martin has done. Freddy. So he becomes the, um, <laughs> the doctor and then tells her... Okay, don't, whatever you do, don't give him the money. Just pay me my fee. So even if Freddie wins and she pays the fee for him, he then gets the money from her, thus being the better con artist, thus winning. So, I mean, he's kind of brilliant. However, there is a twist in this because something happens and they discover, well, Lawrence, Dr. Schofenhausen, discovers that the heiress to the soap company isn't an heiress. She won a competition. So she's actually dirt poor. And she's a good person. So he has a crisis of faith. And he says... Because he's always only picked a mark that, you know, married older, wealthy men, waited for them to die off, got their money that way. Like, he's only picked marks that were... Greedy and selfish. and And this is someone who supposedly is very good. And... So he decides to change the bet halfway through because Freddy thinks you're just trying to change the bet. I don't care. She still has this, 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 you know. So they change the bet to instead of it being about money, it's about, well, the first one to get It's about getting the girl. Yes. And then hilarity ensues with a twist ending that surprisingly you don't expect. But are so, so, so happy to see. You are happy to kind of see it. And the ending is just such a nice little double twist. We're not going to spoil it, even though this is uh, this I, is almost a 
30, uh, a 31-year-old movie. I highly recommend watching it. It holds up. It really does hold up. It's a classic film. Actually, I was surprised. Uh, one of the interesting things is that this was adapted into a stage uh, musical. Really? Yes. The musical actually starred John Lithgow and Norbert Leo Bunce. If you have a chance, check it out. Uh, the song that really drew me into it is um, a Dirty Rotten Number, which is the end of the end of the show. It's them complimenting each other because they kind of start off where they ended off. They end up where they're beginning. But... Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a unique film. There's great chemistry between Steve Martin and Michael Caine. They play off each other so well. And there were other actors who were actually picked to do this film and they kind of turned it down. I mean... Richard Dreyfus was supposed to be uh, uh, Freddie Benson, but he read the part for uh, Lawrence instead. And then Steve Martin read it, and then he flipped it, and then he became... Because he was supposed to play... Steve Martin was supposed to play uh, Lawrence originally. Interesting. And then he switched it, so that was kind of fun. Also, Eddie Murphy was supposed to be attached to this. Michael Palin and John Cleese were. Uh, Mick Jagger was... Signed up for this too. Also, David Bowie. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it was Michael Caine. I think he does. He plays that, that polished debonair. I could be a prince. Look at my chateau. So so well. That philanthropist. That um, that collector of beautiful wines. He plays that role well. The friend of the bad police officer. You know it. it it feels right for him. And then Steve Martin plays the loud, obnoxious American that can also, like, be sweet and genteel. And, and He's, like, naive charming. Kind of like how he was in The Jerk. Where he's, like, he's so stupid that you're like, oh, you gotta, you gotta sympathize with him. I think it would be... Uh, I think it's worth watching. It's, a, it's an older film... For our current generation, but it still holds up, and I think it you need to reference it prior to seeing the next one that's going to come out. I've got to say that it's the a remake film, of the remake. One of the things you could say is it's a comedy that isn't lazy. It's not let's focus on pratfalls or or stupid jokes like that. It's, Although there are pratfalls and stupid jokes that like keep it funny, keep it laughing. It's, it's not stupid humor. It's actually really clever. Like I laughed out loud. You don't feel bad for the women being taken for the money. But you're you're rooting for kind of the bad guy, I guess. But they're bad, good bad guys. And let's say this: uh, Glenn Headley playing Janet, she holds her own with these. She is just as important as these two, and she holds her own against them. It's not the oh, she's just the damsel in distress. She's actually someone who's you sympathize with, you understand, and you're kind of shocked by. Totally. I've got to say, it's it's a great film. And you can see the embodiment of the original film with this, where there are a lot of parallels. A lot of the scenes from the original film are verbatim. Word for word. Which is kind of fascinating. The ending's different, but the parts that are word for word are really intriguing. You you did not expect that, because we saw Dirty Rascals and afterwards we watched Bedtime Stories, and they are so there's so many scenes that are just so close, it's crazy. Like something as simple as one of his one of Doctor Schopenhausen uh, Dink Dink's uh, treatments is for him to ride on a horse with Janet while 
behind them is in a wheelchair is Freddy and you see the same scene but it's with Michael Caine instead of Marlon Brand it's uh with uh Steve Martin instead of Marlon Brando yes Marlon Brando played Freddy and he is actually charming in it he's uh he's kind of more he's a womanizer as opposed to con artist he's a little more uh I will say the the authentic original didn't have the same twist that the remake does with Steve Martin, Michael Caine. And if I had it my my way, the original had David Naveen. He's one of my favorite older movie actors. Um, he is my favorite Lawrence Jameson. Um, and, but I would put him together with Steve Martin. That's my perfect pair. But I think it's worth watching both. And I believe the actual original, the... Um, bedtime Stories movie is available on YouTube to watch. Hypothetically, I mean, you could, you could maybe get it through maybe. alternative means, but it's on YouTube if you look. Uh, score was well done. Filming was actually it's very picturesque. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's on a back lot. It actually feels like it was filmed actually in Beaumont bon, Sumer. I think it was filmed in Cannes. Not sure. Uh, the That villa, though. That villa look and, and the, the hotel, which is the casino, that looks beautiful. It's I mean, it's Monte Carlo. It's like the casino and the... It's like you want to go there and be like, I want a vacation. Of though. course you would bump into a random prince there that would need money for a revolution. I, I don't know. It's like it's like that. Is, now, being someone from the Pacific, is that similar to home, you'd say? That like that landscape, or is that just something you only see in like the French Riviera? That style of I think that's still French. I think that's still French Riviera. You can get that in some parts of Hawaii, but I think that's very much like like even touristy Puerto Rico is not like that. Yeah, that's Europe at its best. It's that's like, like so different. Like you old beautiful open houses, old villas. You have like the wine cellars built in. That's something that you don't usually get in Hawaii. Like it's. It's special. Uh, one thing I will say, and this is a little point, is that when he's trying to... One scene that always made me interested is that... Um, there, the, the scene that we talk about when Lawrence is trying to trick Freddy into running away by scaring him by saying, we culture this, we culture that. In the original, it shows that he's paying... Just paying people stuff like, if you pay the, the ballet teacher that maybe they'll get one amazing ballet student. If you get the sculptor, he'll make one great painting. If you pay this, they go on this one. In this version, you have it where he's talking about how you own the gardens, and the gardens will just grow because you're cultivating, because you're just cultivating culture, or the wine bottles you don't drink. And in the old version, he didn't get it. But in the new version, Steve Martin, he gets it. He says, like, yeah, I understand. I get with the with the painting and with the wine. He doesn't get the, the garden because he thinks the garden's stupid, but he's like he but he's just a selfish prick. But he understands like the beauty of it all, but that's not what he's in it for. He wants to spend the money how he wants to. Yeah. I will say that the trailer for this film is really funny because the original trailer, it shows him just walking around and then doing horrible things. Like one of them pushing someone off of a uh, pushing someone off of a pier and the other one shoving a kid's face in the cotton candy. It just showed them as rotten scoundrels. And we gotta say, it's a classic film. Now, now that that's out of the way, let's talk about our rating in the system. Now, for those of you who haven't been paying attention, 
While the movie review has a slight, the motion picture review has a slightly different ranks than the movie review. We've got it's five points. Well, not five points. It's five different ratings. And depending on the rating, that's what we give it. Now, our lowest rating is protest outside your red box so no one writes this reprehensible piece of shit. The next one is have it on in the background while surfing the internet for porn. You know, it's okay. You just there may be a scene that's good, but you don't watch it. Next one is worth watching on DVD or or in the movie theater once. <laughs> Then it is a borrow from a friend until return unless offered. And we'll say in this one you're gonna unless you're offered a ring from his from his royal highness. No one must know. And then the our highest rating, really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't watch this now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will be swollen up, and your soul will be forfeited till Jar Jar Binks comes behind you and starts rubbing your shoulders saying, Miss, I love you, Miss, I love you, and horrible things happen. So for, for, so what would you out of our rating system give this? I would say really, really, really freaking. You love put it. it all the way at the top. I put it all the way, but and and here's the thing: I love the movies. I love classic movies. I love the remakes, and I think that they did the remake in such a beautiful way, where they kept so much of the actual original and just kind of made it a little bit more current, a little bit more, just a little bit more. And I love the twist that I'm the crazy person that watched Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, loved it, had to watch Bedtime Stories, absolutely loved it, and now I cannot wait for the next to come out. Yes. Um, I'm actually also going to say really, really, really fucking cool. It's an excellent film. It's one that's unique. It's different. It's something which is different from the norm. It's a comedy film which it's like I said it's focusing on antagonists not protagonists and it does have that 80s trope where the bad guys don't win if you're a villain you're not going to win but it's got a twist on that so I highly recommend if you haven't checked it out it's available right now streaming on some sites I think it's available on uh, besides Comcast Xfinity it's available on Amazon Prime and I think it's available on Hulu. I think. Not entirely sure. i got to look it up. But it's available on one of those sites. I promise you. Um, so remember, you can check. Hope you guys enjoy us. Remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at... www.spirakin.com And all those other lovely sites. And uh, so let's get to the part you've all been waiting for. And we are talking about... That one. That only... The Dodecahedron of Movies. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Dodecahedron is a 12-sided object, specifically a dice, foam dice, that is blue like the Spyrokin logo. And what we're going to do is we're going to assign 10 movies to this 12-sided object, and we're going to roll it. Whatever number it lands on that's reviewing in the next episode of the Spyrokin Motion Picture Review. Woohoo! Now note, what did I say? Whichever number it lands on, that's the one we will review. We said there's 10 movies on a 12-sided object. That's right. Now, the reason why I said that is because if it lands on an 11... Then it's got its choice. Yes. And if it lands on a 12, it's my choice. Pretty interesting. And since we're doing... We, we decided we're going to go a little bit more low-key, a little more intriguing. We're going to be do, We're going to be doing some heist movies. Now, what are some of the heist movies we have available? Well... First one is, we're going to be doing a compare and contrast with a film that's starring Frank Sinatra versus a movie that's starring George Clooney. Yep. 
Danny Ocean. Yes, you can do Ocean's Eleven. That's a possibility. Next one is a film which is the first film that Robert De Niro worked with Al Pacino in. Ooh. We're talking about Heat. Then another one, another Michael Caine film, The Italian Job. Uh, the question is, do we compare with the, the remake? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, the next one is a film that is Marlon Brando's actual, his last film. One where he worked at Frank Oz and they hated each other. We're talking about The Score, starring Robert De Niro. We've got a film star, film in our current new location, we're talking about Boston, called The Town. Yes. Uh, a film which was remade again, another remake. We're talking about one which stars Nicholas Kim Coppola, I can't stand. And the original, which is pretty good, called Gone in 60 Seconds. We've got uh, a movie, another movie, starring a British guy. We're talking about one which actually is starring John Cleese and Michael Palin, and... Weirdly enough, it's starring uh, what is her name? Uh, the girl from True Lies, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, as thieves, and a and a guy who were who are all trying to get a hold of diamonds, and meanwhile there's a barrister who is stuck between them all. A fish called Wanda. Then we have uh, a film with a bunch of Elvises trying to steal stuff. Three thousand miles to Graceland. Then Swordfish and. Last and not least, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then last and not least, a film that is a little fun, a little crazy, called Who is Cletus Stout? Hmm. Starring Richard Dreyfus and Christian Slater, which and Tim Allen, surprisingly, as a crazy hitman who likes movies. Might be fun. So you get to roll. The one, the only. The dodecahedron of movies. So let's roll. Let's see what we're going to roll. You got to roll on the floor. Bit, you got to roll on the floor. Because that did not count. Five. Number five. So, whoa, it's one I've actually never seen before. We're talking about the town. I actually never saw it. Me either. This will be a first. And it's starring Ben Affleck, so. Hooray. Might be good, might be bad. And this is the official, and that is the official start of a theme month. And what is the name of this theme month? It is the the month of heists, hijacks, and high octane car chases. Bum bum bum. So that should be a lot of fun. So thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Hope you guys have a great day. Hope you guys see some really cool movies. And for the Spirekin motion picture review, this is Greta. My favorite quote from this movie was, "You have a brother." Yes, the young prince. You mean I'm going home with two princes? Wherever I go, Ruprecht goes too. <laughs> and this is your esteemed host, Zan. Thank you guys for listening. And my fair quote from 1988's Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is going to be...
We'll catch you guys next time. Have a good day. We're Gonsville. Steve Martin and Michael Caine are competitors in the Riviera's most profitable business, but with very different styles. Do you have any idea what it feels like to take a woman for 20 bucks? No, I haven't. I'm afraid it's a little out of my class. Can two con men survive in a town really made for one? Really? We find a woman, set a price, and the first man to extract the correct amount from her wins. Wish me luck! Let the contest begin. If I lose, I'll leave. If I win, you leave. To prove once and for all who is the dirtiest, the rottenest, <laughs> the sleaziest, the sneakiest, the phoniest, Thank you, Your the trickiest. Don't you ever have an emotion that originates above the waist? No! The all-time champion of dirty, rotten scouts. Surely he was no match for you. I'm younger than you, better looking than you, thinner than you. Know your limitations. You are immoral. Steve Martin is the man no woman can resist. Eat your food. Excuse me. May I go to the bathroom first? Of course you may. Thank you. And Michael Caine is... Lawrence Jameson. Chips Auto. Doctor. Emil Schaffhausen. And they're both dirty, rotten scoundrels. Do you want the whole world to know? Dirty, rotten scoundrels. You mustn't turn your back on them for a second. Ruprecht? You want the genital cuff? <laughs>